Hello and welcome to my Discipleship Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chu, and each episode is designed to build your faith and help you discover your purpose in life. Now, enjoy today's message. All right, so we are talking about leadership, being leaders, understanding and discerning the times that we're living in. Matthew 24, 12. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. These are one of the signs of the end times. And we're seeing that. I mean, you can see what's going on in America. Hatred, all the racial conflict, and on and on and on that's going. These are some of the signs of the end times that we're living in. 1 John 3, 2, it says that when Jesus returns... Okay, his second coming, we will be just like him. So if we're going to be just like Jesus, as Christians and leaders, you watching there on Zoom, that means one of us is going to have to change. (laughs) And it's not going to be Jesus. So who's going to do all the changing? Me. We have a lot of work to do. I'll talk more about this tomorrow in the discipleship class. I just came from a global harvest missions conference. They said, you know, there's over 7 billion people in the world, and they're only estimating a little over 2 billion people are Christians. So that's another 5 billion people that aren't even believers. But I was thinking about even with the 2 billion that they've said they're Christians, we got a lot of work to do to become more like him. So again, that's that dichotomy that Jesus can come back any time like tomorrow, before we even finish this class. But if it says if we're going to be just like him, I don't think he can come back because us in this room need to do a lot of changing still. And you guys watching there on Zoom. The other book I wanted to talk about, A Real Man, What Our World Needs Today and a Good Woman Deserves. And it's not just for men, but it's for any single woman thinking about getting married or knowing somebody. Like my three daughters, they know this book in and out, that any boy that is even interested in marrying them is going to have to know what those five essentials of a real man are. And as leaders, males, you need to have these five essentials. And women need to understand what these essentials are to help their future husbands or help their husbands become the leader they're called to be. All right, enough about that. Going back to the definition, I wrote it down here. To lead means to guide, steer, or show the way. So as we live in these end times, whether Jesus is coming back tomorrow or not in our lifetime, we need to lead and live like this. To guide, to steer, or show the way. Kind of broke it down into two things. Leadership is influence over people. And then we lead by example. I said a leader serves the world by serving people with their gifts, talents, and abilities for God's kingdom purpose. And I'm going to add this, in a specific area that he's called you to. So not everyone will be a pastor. Not everybody's going to be a business person. You may be a teacher, a lawyer, wherever God has placed you, that's where you 
serve people with your gifts, talents, and abilities for God's kingdom purposes. Leadership is serving others. It's not about getting people to follow you. You serve people with your gift. And that's why I love the example of Jesus, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If my wife was here, she would give you a great example. I used to work for John and Lisa Bevere, and when Melissa and I got married, sometimes we would travel with them. So my wife and I would serve John and Lisa, okay? But my wife said with Lisa, Lisa would outserve Melissa. So like when they would wake up in the morning, Lisa would be knocking on Melissa's room and saying, here's your Starbucks. What do you want for lunch? Well, Melissa's like, I'm supposed to be getting you Starbucks and, and asking you what you want for lunch. So here's Lisa Bevere, you know, best-selling author, world-renowned speaker, buying Starbucks for my wife. Because Lisa and John, I've seen them not only in the pulpit and on video, but, you know, I used to drive their kids to school. That's how I got started in the ministry. I used to pick them up, drive them to school, take them to golf practice, iron John's shirts. So I got to watch them in their home. I'm going to talk more about this in discipleship, but I believe it applies to leadership. So I saw them, how they interacted with people, not just preaching from the platform, not just reading their books. I got to see how they lived and led their life in their home, out in public, how they dealt with the people at the restaurant serving them. I'd walk into Whole Foods with John sometimes. We'd go to Whole Foods and, you know, the guy behind the counter, hey, Mr. Bevere, how you doing? So good to see you. To me, that's a real leader, a servant, not just behind a platform because you have a gift and an anointing to preach, but how do you live your life out in the community? How do you live your life with your family? I saw how you raised those four boys, okay? And to me, I've been under different leaders. I've had two leaders fall because of moral failure, and that wasn't fun. But thank God I was under a leadership of John Bevere and Lisa Bevere for almost 10 years, and I got to see how they lived their life, how they led, how they interacted with people in the community. To me, that was a better impact than seeing their anointing behind the pulpit. That was really instrumental in my life. All right, I don't know how I got onto that. But you were born to lead in an area of gifting. Leadership is not about titles or position. Leadership is discovering your gift and serving it to the world. So you lead by example. That's how I got to talk about the Beveres. You see, people are watching you. People will buy into a leader before they buy into a vision. My kids often say, Daddy, practice what you preach. Right? I love the example of a shepherd. Okay? John 10, 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. There was a study done. It says, sheep. Anyone here have sheep? <laughs> they actually have a hard time going to sleep unless they can see the shepherd. Because they've seen other sheep and the flock get attacked. You see... I was thinking about you, Chris. When we're thinking about our enemies, our problems, we have a hard time going to sleep. Psalms 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. The word want there means anxious desire, meaning I shall not have anxious desire. A good leader, which I believe all of you are and are going to be, will make you feel safe. So as you lead people, if you're a husband, you want your wife to feel safe. You want your children to feel safe. If you're a leader at work, you want your staff and employees to feel safe. And as you go on in Psalms 23, verse 4, he talks about the rod and the staff. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, a shepherd, when he is with the sheep, he carries a rod and a staff. The rod is to beat the enemies. See, God is your defender. The Bible says, vengeance is my, says the Lord. But the staff is to lead you. The Holy Spirit says, go this way. Don't invest into that business. Don't get involved in that ministry. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, I've been to Israel. Anyone been here? You've been to Israel? Did they take you to the valley where David and Goliath had the battle? It's the Valley of Elah. So they took me to the Valley of Elah. So what was happening, Goliath, pretend he was on this side, and little David was down here. Okay? The sun, S-U-N, was behind Goliath, casting a shadow on David. So when David stood before Goliath, that's where he wrote the 23rd Psalm. He started encouraging himself in the Lord. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, talking about the shadow from Goliath was overtaking David. He started encouraging himself in the Lord, saying, God, I'm not going to be able to defeat this giant. I got to put my trust in you. Does that make sense? David had the whole analogy of, you know, being a little shepherd boy. You're my rod, my staff. You're going to beat this enemy on my behalf. So now when you read the 23rd Psalm, that's where you know where it came from, the Valley of Elah. It's a pretty incredible story. Thank you, friend, for listening to this podcast today. You can visit my website and send me your prayer requests and feedback. And also to get more discipleship resources, visit www.nowhope.org. Until next time, I pray that you will stand strong in your faith. Have a great day.